Hey everyone, this is Brother Wayne Clemens. I just want to thank you for tuning in with us today and being part of the worship experience here at Potter's Hope. Also, I want to tell you that there's several different venues that you'll be able to get the message in the entirety if you'd like. They're either by podcast or either going to pottershope.com where you'll also be able to listen and watch uh, for any of those times. But also, I want to encourage you to be with us in person, 8.30 Central Time at Exit 124, right there at White Mills and the Eastview Exit right off the Western Kentucky Parkway. And then also on campus, Sunday mornings here at 135 Commerce Drive uh, at 10.30. Also, our Wednesday night services at 6.33. Seek ye first the kingdom of God. Hallelujah. But anyway, God bless you. I hope this message just um, in this time of encouragement finds you doing awesome. Be encouraged and know that Jesus loves you. God bless. Well, good morning, everybody. Hallelujah. Praise be to God. So thankful you're in the house today. And uh, he is good. You know what? <clears throat> I don't know about you all. Used, used to be an old song. Some of you remember this. I don't know what you came to do, but I come to praise the Lord. I'm going to say it again. I don't know. Remember that one? You remember that one? Some of your Pentecostals. Pentecostals. Said, I don't know what you came to do, but I. Why'd we come today? Well, come on. Let's just start by praising him and giving him thanks right now. Yeah. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. Come on. Let's give the Lord just an offering of praise this morning in the house. Glory. Glory. Come on. Why, why, why stop? Why stop? Let's just keep on praising. The Word of God. What if I told you the Word of God said that He inhabits the praises of His people? Amen. Come on. Let's just praise Him. something you see the word of God tells me that when he had said it is finished that the word tells me at three o'clock in the afternoon which would be the time of the evening sacrifice the word of God said that the veil in the temple was rent in twain from top to bottom right well you know in the natural world it's my understanding that if you go to a concert or something else they'll close the curtains and that if you clap real loud they'll open it back up And then they'll do something extra. Here's what I want to tell you today. That the veil of the temple has been rent in twain from top to bottom. And if we'll praise the Lord, He'll come in. And He'll do great things today. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. I'm going to start. Just forget about everybody else. Let's go past the religious prayer. Let's go past the now lameness. Let's go past, Lord, bless this food. Let's go past that. Let's talk to the Father this morning, okay? Come on. Come on, Father, we love you today. As we come to you in that precious name of Jesus, that name that's still above every name, we come into this house, God, with a heart that is full of gratitude. 
God, we come into this house today praising you and thanking you for what you've done. God, we come into this house today celebrating the name of Jesus, celebrating God, the release of the Holy Ghost. And Father, today I'm believing that you're going to sweep through this house for every soul that is here. God, you're even going to move in the homes, God, of those that are watching. God, right now to those that feel like they're shut in, shut off, right now, God, we pray that your word would go forth. God, with no obstruction, no restriction. And God, that praise would fill every home today that this reaches. God, today in this house, this is your house. We praise you today. We thank you today, God. And we are not going to let anything inhibit our praise. That God, we're going to raise our hands. We're going to lift our voices. And oh God, even if tears stream down our cheek, God, that living water is going to be a worthy sacrifice unto you. That God, I'm believing today that you're going to flood and fill these hearts with joy today. God, we figured out that we are the pearl of great price. We figured out, God, that you have given it all. You have given your son so that we may live, hallelujah, and live abundantly in your name. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. You know, in the word it tells us, come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. I don't know about you guys, but there's a lot of people that's been battling just to get here. Whether it's sickness, whether it's weariness, whether it's all the cares and the burdens of the world, the Word says, bring all of those things to Him, and He's going to give us rest. The word weary and, and heavy laden, that's weighted down. How many of you guys feel like you're weighted down? He said, put on the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. So today, I'm going to encourage you to worship Him, to praise Him, to lift up holy hands. The Word says, shake off those heavy bands, because He's come to give us rest. How many of y'all need rest? How many of y'all need that Holy Spirit peace? Only the Spirit can bring that peace, and He can reignite a fire and refresh us. So when you're pushing through, when you feel like you're pushing that weight up the hill, remember you're not pushing it by yourself. He is there with you. And when we bind together, when there's two or three gathered in his name, what's that mean? He's in the midst. He's here today. Worship him. Lift your voice today. It makes two Sundays she's preaching my stuff. Got anybody in the house that's crazy about Jesus enough that you just praise Him and give Him thanks? Don't let anything hinder you. Let's praise the Lord. Come on. You know, one thing that I think we forget is when the enemy gets us, he blinds us and makes us forget where God has brought us from. And I'm thankful this morning that when I think about the Lord and what he's done for me, it makes me want to shout. It makes me want to praise his name. Sometimes we just got to praise him in the middle of our valley. Jesus, Lord, you're worthy of all. 
wanted to shout and you didn't right now would be a good time to start shout unto the Lord with a voice of triumph the word of God says therefore the redeemed shall return and come with singing unto Zion an everlasting joy shall be upon their heads how many of y'all know that we serve never-ending kind of love, kind of God. Glory be to God. Woo! It's going to make more sense if I can get this message out. I'm telling you, the Lord's already answered my prayer. He's already answered the message, or He's answering this message. Jenny, won't you, would you come, Jenny? Would you come? Would you come? Turn to somebody and say, are we there yet? Go ahead and turn your Bibles to Exodus chapter 5. 
Hallelujah. I love hearing those pages rattle. Glory be to God. Glory be to God. Kind of in a little bit of a series right now of finders keepers. You'll have to pull back this. You'll have to pull my mic back a little bit. It's pretty hot up here. Finders keepers and loosers and weepers. How many of you are familiar with finders, keepers, losers, weepers? You've heard that before. I told you we're going to do a little bit of play on the words there when we says losers. Jesus was the greatest loser of all time. How many of you have been loosed from the grip of the enemy? That was a weak hallelujah for anybody in the house that's been set free. Do you realize today that not only were you loosed from your sin, but now you're loosed from the death that the enemy had? chapter 3 with a burning bush he's being commissioned by God at this point and he's commissioned to tell Pharaoh as such and afterward Moses and Aaron verse 1 went in and told Pharaoh turned to somebody and said it's time to tell Pharaoh thus saith the Lord God of Israel Four words, church. It's been my heart for you. Let my people go. thank you for your word thank you for this grand narrative of how you weave this scarlet thread of redemption this precious blood and God today we're on the blood trail looking back as Moses was commissioned by you to lead all these people out of bondage Oh, God, today, those four words, let my people go. God, you know what's been on my heart. God, today, raise up the losers in this house.
God, you fill and flood every soul in this place that is open and ready to receive you. To that person that's uncertain, for that person that seemingly you're lost, maybe you've lost your way, maybe you've lost your identity, maybe you're just lost. Can I tell you, today's your day to be found. There's somebody hot on your trail. And his name is Jesus. He come to seek and to save that which is lost. And for that one today that's uncertain of the call, God's going to solidify the call. For that one that feels like they're taking their last breath spiritually, he's in this house to breathe new life into you. God, thank you for what you're going to do. In Jesus' name. And everybody said hallelujah. You can be seated. I'm going to encourage you to do something for a moment. I'm going to encourage you to soak. You know, when you say, what does that mean? What do you mean you want us to soak? What, what does that mean? It's my understanding when Vashti wouldn't work. Somebody like, who's that? She was the queen and Esther took her place. Listen to me, ladies. One of the greatest things that you can do for your sister is tell her to soak. That you pour on her the praises of who and what God is in her life. What happens so many times within the brothers and sisters in Christ is that we run in, we rush out. Today, we just want to soak for just a moment. Some of you are going to need to close your eyes. Not because I'm that ugly. It's just because you need to forget about everybody else. And I dare you for the next few moments to crawl up in the lap of the Heavenly Father. Be as close as you possibly can be. Bring my lights down a little more. Behold, Jehovah, seated on the throne.
give him some praise. As I'm listening this morning and hearing praise in the house, uh, I'm thinking, Lord, you, you're already on it. I lay out a little bit of the preface in, in which the four-word sermon comes. Let my people go. Probably been doing what I do for about 25 years, which is about a quarter of a century. By the way, Brenda's in the house. Can we thank God that Brenda's in the house today? And others, and others. But I'll lay the preface of this. I don't think in 25 years have I seen the enemy move in such a way with, I want to say strength, and I don't really want to give him any credit, but I, I don't think that I've ever seen him try to infiltrate and get a grip on the body of Christ the way he's doing today. And before I go any further, I will say that it is because we allow. Remember what you begin to condone or what you begin to allow and you condone, you then begin to permit. Well, we have to understand in the house of God that could we agree today that this is God's house? So if judgment must begin, it must begin in God's house. But when it begins through the power of the Holy Ghost and through conviction, it will transfer from His house to your house. And when your house and His house become one house, that's when we have power and authority over the enemy. That's what the enemy tried to do in the Word of God, that when it tells us that in Jesus said any house divided cannot stand, that today many of you are living in God's house, we raise our hands today in His house, and yet at home we raise our hands in anger. And you have a divided house, and that house cannot stand. Today, I, I really have, have, have sought insight in this. And, and the part of this that is, when I say losers, I believe that when I'm looking at you, and, and I'm thinking, or looking at us, excuse me, that when I look at us, how many of you believe that you're the pearl of great price? I hope you got that last week. That that great merchant, that he paid full price. So when we leave there, finders, keepers, I taught on keeping on Wednesday night, and I'll go back to that again this Wednesday night to go back and kind of to stay in the series, but losers. And I, what I want to see today in this house and what I want to believe is that this, this room is full of losers, people that will loose others. Living in this time that we're living in right now, the enemy has done everything that he constrict, he, or everything to constrict, to confine, and to do all of those things. And that's really where I'm launching from today is these four words of let my people go. I'm mad at hell today. And I'm discouraged, if you will, in my soul. You all forgive me. I'm, I mean, listen, I've got joy, Jack. But there is a part of me, this is not going to be a whooping, okay? So don't think I've got, I'm not whooping anybody. But I'm telling you right now, that I'm, I, I, listen, we are the body of Christ. We are the answer. And the enemy knows it. And listen, can I tell you that he is targeting you and he's targeting your mind and he's targeting the mission and he wants you to fail. And he don't only want you to fail, he wants to steal, kill, and destroy every purpose and plan that God has for you. But I declare today, greater is he. Let's do it right. Say, greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. If you believe that, shout amen. amen. Praise be to God. 
and I'm watching the enemy and he's, he's doing this and I'm seeing the apathetic, the complacency. I'm seeing these things and Jake, I told you I was going to quit using the word apathetic and apathy. I'm working on it, but would you please help me? I'm praying today that the Holy Ghost will sweep through here and take the, listen, take the coals of those that thought they were burned out, burned down and done. I declare today that there's going to be a fire, the fire of God set forth in your soul that no enemy in hell can put out. I'll show you what he's done. I'm going to show you what he's done and what I've sensed and what I've seen. Hell can't have this house. Hell can't have this house. This is God's house. Amen. By the way, if you're here for the first time, visitors, there's probably a seatbelt there close to you. Put it on. What am I saying is this, is that when he went ahead to say, and that he made it clear, let my people go. And they said, the God of the Hebrews has met with us. Let us go. We pray thee three days journey in the desert and sacrifice unto the Lord our God, lest he fall upon us with pestilence and with sword. And the king of Egypt said unto them, Wherefore do you, Moses and Aaron, let people from their burdens get you under your burdens? And he goes on to say, Listen, I don't even know who you're talking about. Listen, your Pharaoh's getting ready to find out who your God is. Whoever it is that has entrapped you, whoever it is that has impoverished and enslaved you and kept you from the promises of God, you're going to serve Pharaoh notice today that you are no longer under his authority and his jurisdiction. Jehovah God's going to reign and rule. The lethargic. I'll get to it. This very thing that is happening that I have seen. I'm not going to... Listen, I was going to say I wasn't going to stand for it. I'm not going to sit down for it. I ain't doing it. Never before have I seen God's people so enslaved. Never before. If you're writing notes, never before have I seen them trapped, troubled, or traumatized. Trapped, troubled, and traumatized. Let's talk about traps. It's the enemy. It's the enemy. And what he'll do, he'll cover things up for you to fall in a pit. He'll, he'll, he'll cover things up. Listen, it's just like what you've seen on TV, the way he'll lay a snare, and he'll snare you, and before you know it, you're strung up upside down. What's going on in my life? Why are things so upside down? Because you fell into a trap. And the real part of this, before we blame everything on the enemy, is that you have allowed, we have allowed, if you will, we've allowed the enemy to do that to us. Instead of having a watchful, careful eye and to be able to say something don't look right. Something don't feel right. Something don't sound right. Can I tell you, if it doesn't feel, sound, look, then it's not right. So trapped. Let's talk about what you're trapped by. You're going to get free today. Some of you, I'm, I'm going to preach some truth. and I'm going to preach all truth. Some of you feel like you're trapped in your marriage. You feel like you need out. You know why? Because there's accountability, responsibility, and there's a covenant there. And guess what? If it's a real marriage, that means you can't live your life by yourself. You've got to live your life with the one God entrusted to you. There's people today that feel trapped in their marriage. And they start gazing over the fence. They start picking under the fence. They start doing that. And can I tell you, if you keep doing it, you'll end up getting out of God's will and getting into the world. You're trapped. And I'm getting this sense. Stay with me. I'm staying, I'm staying right here in it. I'm staying right here. And I'm watching so many church people that feel like they're trapped. 2 Corinthians, please, on the screen. Eric, if you're back there, 2 Corinthians 4, probably 8 and 9. I'll get to that. You're trapped. Some of you feel trapped in your job. Some of you feel trapped here and trapped there. 
And the enemy, because of this very thing, is heightening, heightening your mindset to a place to where then now the fear comes and the anxiousness comes. And I'm preaching to that in just a moment. And all of these things, just if you will, can I tell you, if you give the enemy the engine, he'll take the whole train. Full throttle. And this is the key. When the word said, let's go to eight, I'm troubled on every side. Yet not distressed. Can we pause for just a moment here? How many of you don't just feel things coming from one direction, but you feel them now coming from every direction? I'm troubled on every side, yet not in distress. I'm I'm perplexed, but not in despair. Paul is speaking this, and nobody in the New Testament, listen, outside of Christ, that this is the thing. He's beginning to speak this, and he says this thing, but he said, but not in despair. Shh persecuted but not forsaken cast down but not destroyed and I'm watching the enemy try his best to take the church and put you in the confines I'll preach to two or three different things here showing you what I see and what I believe the Lord has shown me I'll be saying let my people go probably several times would you say that with me let my people go it don't mean much until I do this How many of you have got people right now that are enslaved and impoverished by the enemy in your life? How many of you got family? If you do, say amen. Amen. Now, I'm going to ask you to say that again with the authority in which I just said it. When you're sick and tired of being sick and tired of the enemy doing what he's doing to your family, now I'm going to ask you again, will you say with me, let my people go? Let my people go. Do you mean it? Let my people go. People, go. Get your hands off of my family. Hell, you have no right. You have no authority. You have no place anymore in my family. I want my daughter back. I want my son back. You can't have my kids. You can't have my grandkids. You can't have my great-grandkids. Somebody shall let my people go. This is my family. And I'm tired, sick and tired of watching the enemy do this and hold you down and hold you back and hold you under. In the name of Jesus, let my people go and let the church of God rise up in Jesus' name. I ain't have God didn't call me to be a mortician. He didn't call me to be a funeral director. He called me and you to preach the word of God, to live the word of God, to minister the word of God. Get your hands off of God's people. Get your hands off of the promises that God has and he has bestowed on each and every one of you in this room. What's he doing? I'll show you what the enemy's doing. I'm going to preach to somebody today. I'm going to preach it again to myself. The word of God says this. I see manifestations of the enemy. You're not dealing with the same devil that they dealt with in the 70s. You're not dealing with the same devil they dealt with in the 80s, the 90s, the early 2000s. What you're dealing with right now is the devil that is the devil manifesting itself through the spirit of the Antichrist and the culture of this world. And turn to somebody and say, you've got to up your game. You ain't going to play it like you used to play it. Mm. Let my people go. John 20. 
21 through 22. Then said Jesus to them again, Peace be unto you as my Father has sent me, even so send I you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and said them and said unto them, Go to church and be a good boy. Be kind to others. Receive the Holy Ghost. This I'm going somewhere. Your flesh ain't going to make it. I've been preaching it. Your flesh ain't supposed to make it. Not by might, not by power, but by my, says Stephen, says the Lord. Now stay with me, this is pretty simple. But you've got to receive new life. Some of you, I spoke to this Wednesday, some of you are trying to put new wine into an old vessel. That's the reason you're busting at the seams. It ain't going to work, Jack. You got a brand new life. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. All and behold, all things that become new. Glory be to God. Can I tell you something? All things become new. You're going to look at your wife different. You're going to look at your kids different. You're going to look at your boss different. You're going to look at the prostitute different. You're going to look at the crackhead different. You're going to look at the beggar different. You're going to look at you different. Can I preach this out? You're going to look at your own self different. When you're a new creature, you got new sight. you got a new... Vi- Have we got anybody in the back understanding what I'm talking about? All things become new. How you look at things. Point number one. You thought I thought he was on number six, Kathy. I'm on number one. Manifestations. Of the enemy. Suffocation. This is what I see manifesting today. Is suffocation. Never before in 25 years have I heard people say, I don't know what's come over me. I can't breathe. I can't catch my breath. I can't do it. I'm as anxious. I've never been anxious before in my life. I've never been afraid of anything in my life. And now I'm anxious and now I can't. I told you I'm going to preach this out as life. Never before have I heard so many at such one time at one time saying that I'm anxious, I don't know what's going on with me. I'll tell you what it is to help you out. It's the enemy, but you have power over the enemy through the blood of Jesus Christ. Sure. How many of you have been anxious about things in the past two years? Would you please raise your hand? Okay. Let's agree. But just because I was anxious yesterday doesn't say that I have to be anxious today and anxious tomorrow. So what I'm trying to tell you is I'm going to throw you a rope of hope and you're going to get out of that miry clay of anxiousness. Today is your day. Let my people go in Jesus' name. Never before. I'm not discrediting nor am I pushing this under the rug because if we push it under the rug, you'll trip over it. The enemy is doing his best to suffocate you. Now, you're part of, turn to somebody and say, I'm part of the problem. Now turn and say, I may be all the problem. You're saying, why am I suffocating? Turn to, turn to somebody and say, quit breathing somebody else's air. I love her. But if I get right here, she says, you're breathing my air. Huh? You need to write this down. The reason you're suffocating, I believe it's from the Holy Ghost. You're breathing somebody else's air. You're living through them instead of letting Him live through you. You're living through them and not Him. 
And here's where you begin to suffocate. I don't have that. I don't have that. I don't have that. I don't. I would want that, but I don't have that. I don't. And you're living through them, and it's suffocating. Isn't it suffocating when all hell is breaking loose and everybody else is on the mountaintop and you're mad at them? Some of you right now, I don't even like this preacher. You won't be the first one and you probably won't be the last. But I'm going to tell you this. I love you enough to preach to you the truth and to preach deliverance. I'm trying to tell somebody, let my people go. And you're suffocating. Huh? That verse that I used, that was rescue breathing. Back when I worked at One Rule Electric years ago, we had to go through the CPR classes and all those things. You did that on the chest. You did this. You did that. You did some rescue breathing and all that. Can I tell you what that was when he breathed on them in that room right there when he didn't even need a door open and he walked through the walls? For those of you saying, I'm going to open the door, can I tell you something? When he's hot enough and hungry enough on your trail, he will walk through the walls that you've put up and rescue breathing. He rescued mankind, Larry, at that point from that sinful curse that Adam and Eve brought upon us. That when God breathed into that first Adam and made him a living soul and after the curse that was upon man, this is the second Adam, Jesus, breathing into the lives of men and it was rescue breathing, rescuing them from the curse of sin. Deeper but true. Why can't I do the same thing? Stay down there, stay down there. You always gonna be on that drug. You always really that's always what you, you always gonna be you always gonna be that prostitute. You can I tell you something? Why? Instead of doing that, why don't we say, listen, you don't have to live like that anymore. The same Jesus that set me free can say, and by the way, I know you work in the corner, but I'm getting ready to introduce you to the cornerstone. Hello, somebody, can I tell you? He's got a corner on every market when you begin to understand that he's everywhere and anywhere that men call on him. The church needs to get this. But I've watched as the church has become complacent. Turn to somebody and say, quit breathing my air. Point number two about suffocation. Turn to somebody and say, your room's too small. A few years back, you remember there was a mine collapse. And they had to make another tunnel to bring down in their venues. They had to do that and they had to pump in fresh air. I'm preaching, hang on. And remember when that collapse came in and that mine and all of that and we all were sitting there waiting and trying to get them out and and all these things. The first thing you got to do is get air to them. That when somebody's trapped, you got to get air to them. I'm trying to do that in this room today. Maybe not for everybody, but for somebody, possibly more than just a few. The space is too small. You will run out of air when you are confined to the space. If this is the only church, if this is the only air you breathe is on Sunday morning, you're going to die. If the air that you breathe is confined to this church space, then you're going to die. Ain't that true, Whit? You're going to die. It's when you go out of these doors and you get that fresh, that fresh air. And you realize the call and the calls on your life, Julie, when we realize that that's when we, I'm tired. Listen, church, some of you, all you're getting is the stagnant air in here on a Sunday morning. I ain't having it. Holy Ghost. Whew. Sweep through this place. Acts chapter 2. They were all in a place called the upper room, correct? About 120 of them. Is that correct, Larry? About 120? Huh? The Word of God said that this wind, this mighty rushing wind, began to sweep through the place. 
And then some things begin to happen. They begin to speak with new tongues. They, they begin and see their tongues became like fire. And, and you go, oh, wait a minute. He's going to talk about that Holy Ghost again. Please stay with me just for a minute. If you would pray for some boldness, you get it. Seek the giver and not the gift. Here's what I'm telling you. You can tell people that are you can tell people that are full of the Holy Ghost, their tongues are full of fire. They got the power that when they speak will absolutely burn the conviction chaff in your life and they'll bring forth truth. This is what we'll do. We'll do that. But you know what, Helena, that is so beautiful in this? I got a question. Did they all stay in the upper room? Neither should we. Don't waste the gift on yourself. Boldness. The church is suffocating because this is the only air you breathe. And it's all about you. I'm going to take a side note on the word loosed. The word loosed is in there several times. I may get to this at some point. She was loosed from her infirmity. He was loosed from his bands. He would, they, listen, the power of praise will loose people around you. We could go to that. But in the Old Testament, in the book of Daniel, the word of God said that they were thrown into the fire. Can I tell you something? That's what obedience will do. Obedience will get you thrown into the fire. But the word of God said, hey, paraphrase, how many... Hey, how many did we throw in there? You remember them three boys? Shadrach, Meshach. Wait a minute. There's a fourth man loose. Did I, am I talking to anybody yet? There's a fourth man loose. I'm going to help somebody. Somebody's eyes about them three Hebrew boys. No, I'm going to help somebody today. Can I tell you something? The fourth man loose, when you start dealing with me, myself, and I, those three people right there, Cannot. It's the me, myself, and I today that is suffocating. What about me? What about Pastor? Didn't shake my hand. Pastor, Pastor, Pastor. I love y'all. And I'm, I really need to tell you somebody brought this to my attention lately. I got to take a side note here. Can I tell you something? I may do this right here. I may come and forget you, and I may come and just sometimes I'm zeroed in. I know people say that. But can I tell you? And if I miss you, you're going to be like, he didn't shake my hand. Can I tell you something? As odd as it may sound, I didn't see you. Please don't get upset. Please don't get upset. Please. But it's when we deal with me, myself, and I, if you'll get that done, you'll come out on the other side. No one who has loosed you. If Joel Osteen was here, he'd be shouting hallelujah. Let me tell you something. Suffocation. Suffocation. Quit breathing somebody else's air. And How many of you remember MySpace? Don't act like y'all sitting there don't know nothing about MySpace. Jake, you remember MySpace. MySpace has grown into Facebook. And I will tell you this, that it's just simple. And the thing is, is that we've got to get past MySpace and see all of this as his space and the way to reach people. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. I'm watching the enemy do this. I mean, I'm watching him do that. We've got to get past this. Turn to somebody and say, the church is choking. Larry, you've had good basketball players. No doubt. You coached for several years, right? Two or three, 15, 20, 30, I don't know how many years. You coached for a lot of years. Now, let me ask you something. Did you have people that, did you have kids that were really, like in practice, they were phenomenal? Watch this. They were phenomenal. Yes. And when it come game time, they choked. Yes. Hello, church. You're practicing religion. When all you do is come and fill a seat and you don't let anything else fill your soul. 
all you're doing, and that's the reason the church is choking. We've got no more than fake hired mercenaries that come and put something in a plate and expect that will get them the presence of God. It ain't going to work. This is game time. It's clutch time, and the church is choking. This is our golden. If there is a golden opportunity, y'all are thinking, he beating me. No, I'm trying to build you up. I'm trying to wake you up. I'm trying to do something to stir you up and to tell you this ain't no time to choke. This is our time. This is God's time. It's his time. And if you're lost today, it's your time. Church is choking. I'm praying the Holy Ghost come here and do a holy Heimlich on you. <laughs> That's fresh right there. <clears throat> Am I right? The church is choking. We've got one shot, and this is the end of the game. You can't pass it to the world, so you take the shot, they'll take it. Right here. This is it. The church is choking. Let me show you why it's choking. Can I? Thank you, I will. Matthew 23 and 24. Woe unto you, scribes. 20, chapter 23, verses 23 and 24. Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, you hypocrites. You pay tithe of mint and anise and even cumin, and then omit the weightier matters of the law, judgment, mercy, and faith. I'd like to stop there. He said, what you're doing is that you're giving religiously. But you're omitting the weightier, the weightier matters. What is that? Law and judgment. And it says mercy and faith. Everybody wants the truth, or excuse me, everybody wants church, but we forget there has to be truth. We forget about the things that are right. And he said, the mercy and faith, he said, what you're doing is this. He said, you're doing everything right religiously. And what you're doing by man's order and by man's doctrine, you're doing these things. But you've missed it. You've missed it. Verse 24, something that's familiar. You blind guides. This is happening today in the church, Charlie. Was straining an ad and swallow a camel. Do you know what? That, that has some implication that back in the day when Jesus is speaking to this, what they would do with, with, the, with the fruit of the vine is that they would, they would get ready to take a drink and because gnats would, would swarm around it because it was sweet, what they would do is that when, when they would take a drink, they would put their teeth here like this and they would take a drink and stay with me and they would take that because they didn't want to swallow the gnat. Sick. Revelation to some. And what he's saying is that you're, you're taking this. He said, you're straining at a net, but you're swallowing a camel. Some of you today are like this. When you want the truth in the thing, you're like, oh, I can't. And you'll swallow every lie that comes down through the Facebook page. And you'll follow everything that's on the Twitter feed and Instagram. That's a new one. You'll believe it. But the truth, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat, all of them, that word will set you free when you apply it to your life. Now he's preaching truth. Sure, it's hard to swallow. Chew on it a while. Let me give you something to chew on. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life, and no man will come unto the Father except by him. If you don't come to Jesus, you're going to hell. Chew on that. Oh, I can't handle that. He's too abrasive. You need to get some sand somewhere. I want you to get uncomfortable. You're not going to go, listen, you're not making it to heaven because mama, daddy, grandma, grandpa, or the praise team let you think you're going to get to heaven through and by the blood of Jesus Christ and by that alone. For by grace are you saved through faith. And not of yourselves, that's a gift of God. Lest any man should boast. Huh. Choking. Choking. Oh, there's a lot of truths I could preach, but point number two about choking. Why is the church choking? Mark 4, 18 through 20. 
when it speaks of the parable of the souls, soils. I said it right, souls probably. And these are they, verse 18, which are sown among thorns such as hear the word and the cares of the world. By the way, how many of you are hearing the word today? How many of you are listening? How many of you believe your neighbor should be getting it? Then turn to him and say, he's talking to you. And these were sown among the thorns such as hear the word. And look what happens. Three or four things here. In the cares of the world, why is the church choking? The cares of the world, the deceitfulness of riches, and the lust of other things entering in. Choke the word, and it becomes unfruitful. Guess what? This is the word of God. I didn't write it. But do you know this? Did you know that a Christian should be known by their love and also by their fruit? That if you do not have fruit in your life, you've got to begin to question whether or not you're born again. Somebody says, it's not my season to have the love fruit. Can I tell you something? You sh- <laughs> I hand the mic off to anybody now and y'all run with it. Huh. The cares of this world, what is going on? The church is choking because of the cares of the world, the deceitfulness of riches, and the lust of other things entering in. And this is happening when I use the church. Understand this, that I'm not fully speaking of the body. And this is the dangers that I'm seeing. And God forbid that we would be a fruitless church. He said, I am the vine, you are the branches. He that abideth on the elder board, he that abideth in me and I in him, the same bringeth forth. How much? And what's happening to the church is that we're connected to everything else. And we're going disconnected with God. And we find literally every reason in hell to follow the things of hell. And then we wonder, really, I'm not mad. I'm just really passionate. These are they which are sown on good ground. I'm going to ask you today, are you good ground? Good ground is ground that's been turned over. Good ground is that ground in which the stones, the rocks, that listen, it's continual turning that you find in your prayer time, in your time with God. You're finding the hard things in life, the hard places in life are all part of you becoming fruitful. These are they which are sown on good ground. Now we're going to do it. Verse 20, is it up there? Let's let them get it. Mark 4, verse 20. And these are they which are sown on good ground. Then it begins to describe. Such as hear the word. I'll ask you again, how many of you are hearing the word? 20. How many of you are going to receive it today? I'm going to receive it. Because if you don't hear it and you don't receive it, then you're not going to bring forth fruit. Some 30, some 60, some 100 fold. Turn to somebody and say, I'm 100 fold. You're just 30. Hello, comparison? Oh, they're doing good things for the Lord. Hmm, but not as much as me. Immediately. Praise God if you're doing 30, 60. Some of you are doing 100. But are you in this place and you're not doing anything? Are you not bearing any fruit? Oh, Brother Wayne, I'm just going through my time. I've got this anger problem. I've got this, I've got that. I don't know why people hate me. You just said it. Why don't people want to be around you? Because it's you. Whether it's 30, 60, or 100. Listen, Apollos may water, Paul may plant, whatever. But can you all shout with me today? God gives the increase. He must. I must. Yes. And I'm watching the church today forget about the fruit. And forget why we're here. He that winneth souls is wise. 
cricket, cricket. I'm not done. What has happened is this, is that the enemy not only is stealing your air, he's choking you out. He's choking you out. He's trying his best to choke every piece of life out of the church. Larry, I'm going to share a story of when I was younger and I almost made a real bad mistake. I had a Case 450 dozer, JRT, and I had a ton truck. And I had a slick bed metal, metal floor trailer, and I was coming up out of a hill like this. Very steep hill. I had enough brakes to stop me going down, but it was coming up. And as I was coming up that hill, I put my old truck. It was an old 78 model Chevy. We called all our old trucks like that, Jacob. We called them all Old Duke. And I was coming up that hill, and I was fine at the bottom of the hill. I was in second gear. I was thinking, I'm going to be just fine. I'm going to do just fine. And I come to find out that the closer I got to the top, I started running out of steam. And I got almost to the top just right there, and it choked out. And you say, that's not no big deal. It is when your truck weighs about six or 7,000 pounds, and what's behind you weighs about 12,000. I done everything that I could do. I went back. I put that thing in low, kicked down into low lock, and I did that, and I said, oh, my goodness, what am I going to do? I looked back, and the dozer had slid back on that slick surface. I thought, this is over. Amy's looking at me like you never told me this. There's a reason I didn't. Earl, I'll never forget. Anybody's a four-speed, old four-speed truck, had bulldog in it. That's granny to some of you. No offense, granny. I put her in there, and I thought, oh, my goodness, how am I going to get took off? Some of you right now are thinking, what do I do? Do I go back or go on? You know what I did? I revved that bad boy up, and I let on that clutch, and that clutch began to smoke, and I began to smell it. But guess what? That old truck began to take off in a lower gear, and I made it to the top of the hill. That's not your chance to shout, but it's my chance to say I'm here today. Praise be to God. Here's what I'm telling some of you. You are stuck right now on a hill just like this, and every bit of hell says you're going to go back down, and everything's going to wreck. I said rev it up, let out on the clutch and get to the top of the hill in Jesus name you're going to go on and not go back I made it turn to somebody and say it was the weight behind you causing the problem point number two give me five minutes it may take six so I've watched as the enemy is choking what he's choking I've watched people physically say and tell me physically things I've felt in my own life I feel like the enemy is choking the life out of me you can be part of the problem. You hear me? Sin will weigh you down like you can't believe. And coming in and bobbing your head up on Sunday and going back out into the world the rest of the week, you ain't going to make it. I'm here. Second category. Forgotten function. Why is the enemy gaining ground in the church today? Because the church has forgotten what we're here for. The church has forgotten its function. And man, this is sad. I'm telling you today, You listen, God's got a plan and a purpose for your life. I could preach that all day long. But just sure as God does, hell does too. And which path and plan you follow will determine the destiny in which you have. Forgotten function. Not just I can't breathe, not just I feel choked, I can't breathe, the, the anxiety, the different things, not just that. But how many of you have heard this? I can't even think. How many people have I heard? How many times have I said it? Amy, have we said it? I can't even keep my thoughts straight. 
A lot. I can't even think anymore. Huh? And this is happening. Why is that? It's because hell is doing everything that it can to scramble the message. And if it scrambles the message, it'll scramble the mission. And hell is doing everything that it can through the lies and the deceit from people sitting in the pews and from the pulpit, a mixed message. I've told you before, I'm tired of the bartenders that put forth mixed drinks of the holy and the profane. I'm not sitting at that bar. The simpleness of this is so true. The church has forgot its function, and we've forgotten how to function. Let me speak some real simple terms here. Two types of function I want to talk about. Malfunction. When you buy something, it should have a function. How many of you have got a remote control for your TV? Some of you hold it right now. Pastor, I don't have a TV. We watch the toaster. So you got a remote, right? You ever get bent out of shape when you do this? You got dish, you got whatever that is in the back. It's for you too. Here we are, we do this, we get the remote. Right? What's wrong with this crazy thing? Which one of you kids had the remote? And you're pushing the buttons, Trinity. We do it and there's malfunction. And you're doing everything. I'm talking to your home now. We've forgotten our function. The whole time, I don't throw that remote away. Amy called Dish, get us another remote. She comes in there, she tries to click it, and she says, Wayne, do you see what it says? And I said, no. She said, it says change battery. Turn to somebody and say, you need a new battery. Because what you're doing is this, you're pushing it. And the battery that you get, you're wore out by Wednesday. You get a charge on Sunday, but you're wore out before Wednesday. And you start malfunctioning. And when you start malfunctioning, people know when you malfunction. Why are you so hateful? Why are you so mad? Malfunction. Your battery's low. How many of you, how many of you really just, I can't do you right now. I'm just tired of you. And it malfunctions. What's going on today in the church is this, is the church has forgotten its function and it's forgotten its fire. You're not going to make it in the flesh. It was never intended for the church to be, to be built upon the flesh. Who do men say that I am? Thou art the Christ, says Simon Barjona. And what did the Father reveal? That Jesus was the Christ. If you'll talk to the Father, He'll reveal some things to you. He'll reveal some things to us. Blessed art thou, Simon. Blessed art thou, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood hath not revealed this unto me, but my Father which is in heaven. And upon this rock I will build my church. And the gates of hell will not prevail against it, right? I'm going to give you the keys. All of this kind of wrapped into I'm going to give you the keys. And whatsoever you bind here on earth will be bound in heaven. And whatsoever you loose, say loose. Loose here will be loose there. That's agreement. What if I told you that heaven wasn't that far away? What if I told you if heaven was here? What if I told you that Jesus Christ is living on the inside of you and whatsoever you, you bind in Him is bound there? Agreement. More later. Quickly. Praise team, will you come? Please. As you're looking at this and we see the malfunction, some of you right now, you're saying this ain't working like it's supposed to work. It's because husbands don't know how to be husbands anymore. Wives don't know how to be wives anymore. Husbands have forgot sacrifice. Wives have forgot submission. My kids are a mess. Guess where they're learning that from? 
It's that Nickelodeon. Some old Rugrats. Some old SpongeBob, SquarePants. No. The church, listen, this house, we can't forget our function. We can't forget why we were here. We're here to preach the gospel, live the gospel, be discipled by the gospel, and then to go out into the highways and hedges and compel everybody, not just a few, but everybody to come in. Malfunction. I'm telling you again, turn to somebody and say, let my people go. This is what I'm saying. Let my people go. Here's what happens. I'm going to go ahead, since y'all already mad at me, I'm going to go ahead and preach this out, okay? So it starts. Well, now we're getting in the altar call. Hurry, get to the car. Hurry, hurry, hurry. Before he sees us, you know, Brother Wayne's going to bust us. I'm back. That's somebody's daughter praying. That's somebody's prodigal coming home. That's somebody's chains that are getting ready. Can I preach to somebody? You said, let my people go. It's time, Brother Wayne. The crock pot's calling. Malfunction. Point number two. Function. Turn to somebody and say, do you know you have a dysfunctional family? You need to smile and go, I know. You need to understand. There is dysfunction in the church today. And there's dysfunction in the family today. Well, I believe that she can marry she and he can marry he and he can marry they and they can marry whatever. No. No. I said no. I said let my people go. Get your hands off the minds of our children and put a backbone in the parents that'll stand up in these last days and declare that it's our right, it's our authority, it's our purpose. Right now, stand for the call of Jesus Christ. Find the Amen, preacher. So I'm going to sway you any way that I can. And this is what you're seeing. And there's dysfunction. What's happening is this, is that the inbreeding in the church, I'm going to show you what I mean. That any of you that have, maybe you've been within a, uh, the program of, it could be something concerning dogs, it could be something within concerning even registered animals and different things such as that. But this is going on in the minds of so many. The dysfunction. What does it mean? It's out of order. It ties back to where it was. Let me help you with this. How many of you have ever been jealous in your life? Says nobody. Jealousy. When jealousy breeds with envy. When they're both from the same womb. They're both from the same seed. 
When jealousy breeds with envy, then we have the offspring called hatred. I hate the way they act. I hate that. And what you're dealing with today in culture is not culturally, it's not just the culture of it, it's not the socioeconomic background, it's not the color of the creeds or anything else. It's hell at work and the church allowing it. Jealousy inbreeds with envy, producing hatred. I've heard guys say this before. Well, they, you know what? There ain't nothing wrong with looking at a beautiful woman. Will you do it when your wife's next to you? What's the difference between your wife and the Lord? You ladies are like, get them, preacher. Get them. Get them. You ladies right now are going back to that Coke commercial with that guy with them fake biceps and pouring that Coke down his throat. Stay with me. A look can hurt you. Because, stay with me a minute. When looking, when looking is inbred with lusting, then we produce adultery. And which is punishable by law, by death, according to the word of God. Oh, whoa, wait, 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 wait. So as a man is even to look upon, is that right? To look upon a woman. So then he's committed adultery in his heart. All you guys are like, could you move on to something else, please? Can we get real today before God? Let's call it what it is. Let's call it sin. And let's not call it a mistake. Can I tell you, what will happen is that the gaze will become a glaze. And that glance will become a trance. And you'll start fixing in on her. And you'll see her and what will happen? Before you know it. It's not just within the sexual, with a sexual connotation. It can mean, man, I like that boat. Man, I like that boat. Man, it can be whatever. Almost done. And so patient. Dysfunction. I heard the Holy Spirit say to me this week, and I couldn't get away from it. I want to talk about losers in another way. He said, would you please preach my heart? You believe what you want. My heart for you today is let my people go. Moses had to be freed too. Uh-oh. Do you know how many years I've been like Moses? Forgive me, that's going to be a little bit of an answer. You know how many years that I've said I don't speak good enough? I can't talk right enough. I can't speak good enough. Lord, why? And he's allowed the errands of this world and, and those that come alongside and we can free people. But then I realized the call on my heart was bigger than the lameness of my tongue. And when you simply say, God, use me any way that you can, let me be a looser. Let me free somebody. Let me free anybody and everybody.
And the enemy today is telling you that you can't be free. Today's your day. Let my people go. The second thing, Holy Ghost said, speak to the dysfunction. Speak to the dysfunction in this family. And say, we can't keep doing it that way. You can't come in here and praise me on Sunday and raise your hands and praise and then raise your hands at your wife. Let my people go. Everybody in this place, I want you free. Whatsoever is bound here is bound there. But whatsoever is loosed here is loosed there. Do you know what that means? That if I'm bound here, I don't have to always be bound. That you can be loose today. I want this whole room filled with loosers. For the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Because He has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. Do you understand when you go down through that and then it gets to the point, the recovering of sight to the blind, it goes down through five or six, maybe seven tenets of that to preach the acceptable year of the Lord is last. But he says it's to set the captive free. I need to tell you today that that's why I come. I'll close with this. Years ago, I was mowing grass and I came I promise I'm closing. I came by, Amy, I come by a little tree. It was a bush like this. And, and I noticed this nest. And the oddest thing is that from a distance, I seen this bird, Mariah, I seen this bird that flew up. And it was like it just got there and it just hovered. And I'm like, why don't it fly off? Why don't it fly off? And the closer I got, I looked at the nest. I could see the nest. And the closer I got, that little bird. There was another bird over here by it too. And it was like standing there with it. It was like it was coaching it or doing something. I said, what's it doing? And I get up there closer to it. And what happened is that around its little foot was fishing twine. And it had wrapped around it. And it actually had been there so long. It started growing around it. And it could only go so far. And it would try to get free, Steve. It would try to, and I just watched. And the other bird was coaching it. It was coaching it like, you can do it. And he just couldn't do it. I watched for a minute. I shut the mower down. And I went over. And the closer I got, that bird turned on me. And that other bird looked at me like, what are you doing? And in my mind, I thought, i got to set that little bird free. And I thought, I ain't here to hurt you. And I'm not here to hurt you today. Neither is Jesus. But the closer I got, the more extreme they got. And I thought, i got to do what i got to do. And I got over there, and I grabbed that little bird dock, and I grabbed it up, and I cut that off. And when I did that, I looked at this little leg, and it was where it was wrapped, and I'd seen that. 
and that other bird like it's going to peck me in the head. I got to tell y'all right now, I'm a warrior. <laughs> I scared that bird going to peck my ears off. And I took that little bird. True story. And that bird and that other bird flew off. You know what? I was kicking and screaming to it 16 and 31. When the hand from somebody outside of my world came in and I was tied to everything of this world and I couldn't get away. And I'm free. And when I see you bound... I'm trying, man, to get into your world. And Jesus is trying to get into your world and set you free. But you got to let him. you got to let him. Lasso. What? How did that? How, I saw, how did that fishing line get wrapped around that bird's leg? Took my time. I went over there, and all in that nest was fishing twine. Turned to somebody and say, Be careful what you build your nest out of. There was no little ones in that nest. I think they made it somehow. But sometimes you'll build your nest out of things that will absolutely hold you and it'll keep you from being free. I'm done. Lord, I love you so much. Lord, today, let my people go. Let your people go. For those of you right now that have got people, I'm going to go ahead and invite you first. For those of you who have got family, you've got prodigals, you hear that today. It's speaking to your soul. You're saying, let my people go. Will you come on up and intercede on behalf of your family? Will you go ahead? Will you come? And you know what? I've given you the I've given you the basics of let my people go. They're bound by whatever that it may be. And all the way in the back too. You don't have to just sit there. You can be part of this prayer too. All over the house. We can fill this altar. But what a beautiful thought today that we can come. And you know what they're bound by. Much of it's addiction. Most of it's thought. So many of these things. You're welcome today to come. As you're coming, remember that I said Moses had to be freed too. Would you have that experience right now with God, just you and Him? Could you have that right now, just you and Him? And say, Lord, give me a clear vision of my call, of my purpose. You're praying it now. Lord, let my people go. I'm praying it over you. Are there more that need to pray? Let my people go. You may be at this altar this morning and you feel like you're bound and you need to be free. Why don't you grab a hold of that right now and say, free me, Lord. Free me, Lord. Are there more? Are there more? Please, this is, this is not somebody else's message. This is your message. Today, He wants you to be free. Let Him free you, friend. Let Him free you. coming right now into your world. Will you let him in? Will you let him in right now? Will you let him in? I'm going to let you all go. Anybody that needs to go, I'm going to stick around up here.
and I'm going to pray. If you're here today and you're like, man, that, that was for me. I don't want anything to keep you from getting what the Lord has promised you. I know in this place there are many of you that are stricken with anxiety. I know there's many of you that, that feel as though the enemy's choking you out. The battle is the Lord's. And you are going to be victorious through the power of his word and through the power of the blood. So today, if you could reverently, for those of you ladies, there's some other ladies praying here. Would some of you ladies come and pray right here? You're welcome to come. The rest of you, if you need to go, you can go. But I'm going to ask those that will, if you'll hang out and intercede around the altar and just spend some time in prayer, it would be great. I'm not going to rush you off. You're welcome to stay. Jake, if you don't mind, just, just stay in the saddle. Would you all do that? Would you just keep praising? Would you just keep doing that? And if you're here today and you need prayer, if you're here in the house and you need to pray, you come. Hey, everybody. Just wanted to thank you once again for being with us here in our worship service today and taking the time out, which I know is so valuable to you. God bless you and be encouraged. And remember, Jesus is King. Thank you.